Shepard, and this is the Femtime Web Radio Show. In this episode, we will discuss just a bit about James Bond and marriage, and a lot more about traits of sex goddesses. I hope you enjoy it. Relax, pull up a chair. Join us for the Be A Bond Girl podcast, featuring mastermind coach and author of Fempowerment, Unleashing Your Inner Bond Girl, Sandy Shepard. I'm back. Yep, this is Sandy Shepard from the Fempowerment web radio show. And don't fall over dead. I'm doing two, three, maybe five podcasts all this week. Why? Because I have a bunch of speaking engagements coming up and I'm using these to prime my pump and get ready to do those engagements. So I would love to hear anything you have to say about these podcasts. I've got some emails already and I really appreciate them. In fact, I think I'd like to read a wonderful letter that I got a bit of time ago. We've been going back and forth with email, but this was a letter that I got from a James in England. I'm not sure whether he'd want me to share his name or not, so I'm not. But if you're okay, and I know you'll know who you are, I can tell people next time. This is what he said. Hello, Sandy. I'm a reader, listener from the English Midlands, and I just wanted to congratulate you on your work. I discovered your book, podcast, and website through Being James Bond. I have long been a student of Paul Kiriazzi's James Bond lifestyle, and Being James Bond seemed to be a good supplement to this course. I got interested in podcasts after the birth of my son two years ago. You see, my son has always had trouble settling himself to sleep, and so my beautiful wife disappears at 7 to 8 p.m. to settle him, and I am left with an evening to fill. Podcasts are a great way for me to stay sane while doing my chores. Anyway, I heard your interview with Head of Section and bought your book for my wife's birthday. At the same time, I subscribed to your podcast and listened to you. listening to you has reminded me of the passion my wife had for things before our son came along, and it's been nice to have such an upbeat, positive voice in my ears while I work. My wife enjoyed your book, as did I, particularly the clearing out chapters. Having a youngster doesn't half take its toll on your space, and I think it's given her something to think about. In fact, only this morning, while I was putting something in the loft, my wife said, we're going to have to do a sandy on that loft soon. To have your name used as a verb is really something, so please keep up the good work. There's James on the other side of the Atlantic who can't wait for the next installment from San Francisco. Well, I must tell you, I absolutely loved getting that letter. Thank you again to the James from the English Midlands. And keep writing. I just love hearing from you. So, on to the subject that I promised at the end of my last podcast. We're going to talk a bit about Tracy or Mrs. James Bond because that is something that I spoke with head of section about in the Being James Bond podcast that my James in the Midlands referred to. So we'll talk just a bit about that and then I'd like to get into traits of sex goddesses. So what? Bond got married? Yep, 
He sure did in both the film and book versions of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which a lot of people consider to be the best Bond movie and book ever. I personally find it instructive to look at Tracy, who, like I said, became Mrs. James Bond. Though not brought out in the movie, Bond's reasons for marrying her in the book are very specific. And I quote, she's adventurous, brave, resourceful. She's exciting always. She seems to love me. She'd let me go on with my life. She's not cluttered up with friends, relations, belongings. Above all, she needs me. It'll be someone for me to look after. I'm fed up with all these untidy, casual affairs that leave me with a bad conscience. Again, that's from the book on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Now take note of that quick description. She seems to love Bond, meaning she's not fawning all over him, catering to his every whim, but above all, she needs him. And he knows it. She's striking a perfect balance. She stays a little mysterious. She keeps him on his toes, but she isn't going to curtail his life. She trusts Bond and their Bond. Now, from the last podcast, you know that it's my view that most women are not fawning all over their James. In fact, they really don't show that they even need him at all. So when was the last time your James really felt needed or or wanted? Is he just a taxi service for the kids or an extra set of hands for you? If he goes out with his dog pack, do you do the passive-aggressive, jealous little huff on him? Or worse, do you take up poker so that you can go with him to play poker with his boys? All men at their core really are James Bond, regardless of how unlikely it may seem for your chosen James to get into some of the exciting and adventurous situations found in the Bond films. That does not mean that he doesn't dream of being that way. In our homes, it's our job to bring that part of our James out. More look out, perhaps he's going to find some other woman that will. Now, let me go back to that quote again. Tracy, Mrs. James Bond, is also, quote, adventurous, brave, and resourceful. As Liz Kelly said in Smart Man Hunting, men, quote, value confidence. It's a sign that a woman loves her life, which is important to men. They, men, don't want the burden of fixing it or giving it meaning for her, unquote. So that's the deal. Your James wants you to be confident, love your life, and not need him to fix your life or give your life meaning. Instead, like Tracy, you let him go on with his life and you love him, you need him, and you let him look after you. That's what James Bond was looking for. And let me tell you, every man is just James Bond. So what happened to Tracy, you might be asking, because James Bond certainly isn't married now. Well, You might want to rent the movie. I have this great quote from Mrs. Patrick Campbell. She lived between 1865 and 1940, and she sounds like a pistol to me. I don't know much about her. Maybe one of you can let me know. But her quote goes, Does it really matter what these affectionate people do, so long as they don't do it in the streets and frighten the horses? When was the last time that you were thinking that your sex life might frighten the horses? My guess is it might be time to reclaim your sensual spark. When was the last time you felt really, truly feminine? 
my clients often say that they feel they've just lost touch with that sensual spark. It's, it's my belief though, that a large part of this is all the time spent trying to one up the men in their lives and therefore winding up on the short end of the stick with respect to gender identification. I know that is not a very popular view. Believe me, I know it's tough too. Women are now expected to earn their own way, be powerful, take charge, and all those yang attributes. They're almost never taught how to be empowered by their femininity. If raised by women who felt disempowered in their own lives, they're often doubly pressed into that kick-ass, take names, don't let everybody walk on you, you will be the woman I was never able to be role. But the thing is, when it comes to a man-woman relationship, you're the woman. And you know what? If you look at the Bond women overall, they're not only all powerful in their own way, but they know how to shut it off and be all woman. They are mysterious without keeping secrets from Bond. They take pride in themselves for themselves. Not to catch a man. Not to one-up somebody in their girl pack. It's for themselves. They do not let it all hang out. They take that pride. They do not take the lazy, easy way. Can you imagine a Bond girl with no makeup and a frumpy smock when James sees her after his mission that day? Oh, I don't think so. Okay, and all those Bond women look so at ease when they fall into bed with James, don't they? You know why? It's because they leave their other stories at the bedroom door. What can you do as soon as you get home to get into that mood? A bath? Okay, don't have enough time? How's about a sensual shower with some sexy smelling soap? Have you trained your kids that there are areas of your life that are just for you and your James? Or do you cater to their every whim? Spoiling a child like that is not doing him or her any good when it comes to dealing with the real world. As soon as they're able to understand, make sure that they know from the time your James calls to say he's on his way home to about half an hour after he's there, it's time just for the two of you. And believe me, he'll call if he knows what it would lead to. No homework help for the kids. No fights. No, oh, daddy, me, 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 with their big hands up. And no solace in your bed either. Sorry, if nightmares come, they should call and know you'll come, not dive between you and your James in your bed. Uh, no. If that's your household, then it's time to break the cycle. It will be well worth it. You will feel more like a sexy woman and less like a mother slave. Your James will feel cared for and nurtured. Even if you decide to do this only on, say, Tuesdays and Thursdays to start out, the only way to reclaim your sensuality is to take action. So what if you don't have any ideas? What if it's been so long? that you've forgotten what it's like to be a sex goddess. Well, I'll tell you what, there are certain pretty easy things that sex goddesses do that us mere mortals generally do not. I read lots and lots of tricks in this area, but there are three things that my James has told me that really work for him. And so I thought I would share them with you. They're very Bond girl and very easy. First, use his name. Okay, we all know this from the Bond movies. The Bond girl who has just had a nice time of it always, okay, say it with me, 
brings in her breath and sighs. Oh, James. Did you do it with me? Awesome. My James is all about this. When I say his name, not honey, not sweetie, but his actual given name, he loves it. Now, I got to tell you, when he uses my name, I find it jarring. Personally, I like pet names better, especially in those sensual situations. Maybe this is because I'm being Miss Solitaire when I'm in that situation. When I hear Sandy, it jars me back into my real self and worries and the like. So he has a pet name for me, but he loves it when I use his actual given name. You know, I read an article about this and it was so interesting. Why they said that men subliminally like this is that it reminds him that he beat out the competition on you. Honest. I actually wouldn't have listed this as a top trait of sex goddesses if it wasn't one thing that totally rocks my James. Now, you can't overuse it, but the deal is to sort of drop it in during sensual situations here and there. Men, dig it. Okay, so what's the second trait of a sex goddess? Tell him less, he'll want you more. This is very Bond girl. They just don't care about the specifics. They don't care about stories either, unless, of course, you're telling your James about how hot you told your girls that he is. Men don't care about the details. Face it, details are a girl thing. They are not a guy thing. They are not wired this way. Girls want to know what the waitress in your story was wearing, right? Your James doesn't even want to know there was a waitress or that you were in a restaurant or that you were with your girl game or whatever. Reader's Digest version, at most, if you're telling him a story that's important to tell him. So this is the deal. This is the trait of the sex goddess. The deal is that if he asks, say, what you were up to one day, you want to say, oh, out with my girls and then just stop. If he asks, don't be all coy and seem like you're trying to slide something past him. Just be brief, but not snotty. When he has enough info, he'll stop asking and then, duh, stop talking. Don't get all bent out of shape when he doesn't ask for details that were on the tip of your lips to spew forth. It's not that he doesn't care. It's that men get full up on details much quicker than women do. Listen to the stories that he tells you they're all about the verbs. Women talk all about the adjectives. In other words, girls love the atmosphere. So let me give you an example. Your story goes, this tall white woman was wearing this ugly yellow dress kind of right above her porky little knees and talking on her celly so loud you could barely hear yourself think. When she was walking into the corner restaurant, you know, the one we had that great lasagna at on my sister's birthday, I think she got the recipe, in fact, from my other girlfriend. Anyway, so, yeah, so, okay, and she tripped over this piece of linoleum that has been sticking up forever right there in front of the front door. You know, the, the one I think I mentioned to you once in your James's version? This gal tripped. See the difference? This is all hardwiring. Back when men had to go out and hunt, they had to be quiet, sit side by side in trees or behind bushes for hours with their rocks or bows or arrows waiting for game to kill for dinner. Shh. We women are back in the village taking care of the kids, picking berries and being loud and talking and laughing to scare away the game so that we didn't become dinner. Get it? 
So save the details for your girls. Think action, not atmosphere. And you know what? And how you address her, James, may be hardwired too. Helen Fisher stated in Why We Love the Nature and Chemistry of Romantic Love, something that I mentioned in the last podcast. She said, quote, men and women tend to get intimacy differently. Women get intimacy from face-to-face contact. We do what we call the anchoring gaze. It comes from millions of years of holding your baby in front of your face. Men tend to get intimacy by doing things side by side because for millions of years they faced their enemy but sat side by side with their friends, unquote. So while you might think that looking your James deep in his eyes and complimenting him would be the best strategy, instead saying the same thing to him while you're sitting on the couch or cruising on the highway might actually have a more lasting effect. I know this is strange. I mentioned in the last podcast. That's why I mentioned it again is I think it's really fascinating and we got to know these things. Okay, so what is the third trait of a sex goddess? I sort of went into this on the last podcast too. Compliment him at least once a day and do not expect it back. Remember, you're about the adjectives and he's not. It takes a big change like you shave all your hair off to get a notice from your James. Wait for your girls to tell you, dang, that dress is good on you. Get it from them. I actually read an article in Cosmo that was about this subject and this totally cracked me up, actually. They said, your James is not ever saying to you, "Hun, does this shirt make my pecs look flat? We do it all the time to our Jameses. Does this dress make my butt look big? And they're so screwed. Whatever answer you choose, if it's yes, you're going to be pissed he said that, even though that outfit shouldn't be in your closet, and you know it was in the back of your mind anyway. But if he says no, and you think it's yes, you think that he's an idiot. Just remember this, a James generally doesn't fish for compliments. That's why it's up to you to give them. His dog pack is not going to. They might mention a nice jump shot, but then they're going to try to beat him out in the next time. They certainly aren't saying, James, dude, your biceps look so awesome in that shirt. Or dude, that that color totally washes you out. Uh, No, not going to happen. So that's your job. And don't let some other woman sneak under your radar because you're not doing it. Come on, it's not that hard. So, what's another trait? You know what? One of the things men love is when a woman is unique but not high maintenance. Let me give you an example. You're out with your James for the first time. He asks if you'd like a cocktail before dinner. Now, assuming that you drink, and if you don't, you're not going to lecture him, right? What should a Bond girl's signature drink be? Whatever she likes. Remember, each Bond girl is unique. Hey, Bond, that government employee, vodka, martini, shaken, not stirred. Always the same. But the most important thing is that a Bond girl knows what she likes. Actually, it's kind of an aside, but a signature drink is kind of fun to design. In our mixology seminar, we help women learn about drinks so they don't just order a glass of Chardonnay, please, unless that is their signature drink and that's what they love. It's pretty exciting to have a signature cocktail, especially if it's a 1940s black and white movies type drink like a Manhattan or a Sidecar or a Gimlet or a Sazerac or an Old Fashioned. In fact, if you go to BehindTheBarShow.com, 
Mr. Martini over there has some great podcasts that can help you decide what you might like to have for your signature drink. And in fact, a little while back, Mr. Martini and I did some really fun video podcasts on making some of those cocktails too. But let's say that your drink is a Vesper Martini with Tanqueray and Stoli. A Vesper actually uses both gin and vodka. So I've been drinking this cocktail since reading it in Ian Fleming's original 007 drinks, but it's more popular now since it made its debut in Casino Royale with Daniel Craig uh, a couple of years ago as James Bond. Now, if you were to request this drink at a bar and the bartender doesn't know how to make it, you can either explain to him without making a big deal, or you can just fall back to a regular wet, not dry martini with a lemon twist. Never make a fuss. Remember, a sex goddess and a Bond girl is not a complainer. She would prefer a signature cocktail, but at the same time, she knows that life is just too short to argue about these things. Besides, arguing or rolling your eyes makes you plummet from different to difficult. And one note while we're on the cocktail subject, you know, Bond girls from the movies generally don't order sweet drinks, probably because sweet drinks are too easy to pound down without noticing. Martinis, or as Kim Basinger, when she was Domino and Never Say Never Again said, a quote, double Bloody Mary with plenty of Worcestershire sauce. Now, even champagne, which is a great fallback Bond girl drink, must be sipped. If you'd like to try a quick change next time you're out, you could order a Camparian soda. It's very European. It is very bitter. I love it, but you might hate it. Very Bond girl and not that all alcoholic. And always remember when you toast your James, look in his eyes. It's considered incredibly gauche to toast by looking at your glass. You want to look him in the eyes and toast him. Be that mysterious, unique, and sensual Bond girl. You know, in fact, there's one little trick, and I'll be talking about this probably in the next podcast, but your James is a voyeur, so using your hands suggestively can ensure that he only has eyes for you. After you've made that toast, we've all heard the play with your hair trick, but what about using your wine glass? Slowly and absently trace your finger around the top of your wine glass as you hold it by the stem in your opposite hand, or if the glass is on the table, again, absently move your fingers up and down and up and down the stem. You want to do this as if you're not paying attention to it so that your James thinks that he's seeing into your subconscious. If you do these tricks and look him in the eyes, raise your eyebrow or wink or do something like that, he's going to think you're flirting on purpose, which is much less of a turn on. So don't do it. That leads me into the next obvious subject, which is sex. Oh my God, I better find that PG-13 or R or explicit rating for the uh, podcast. Not quite sure how to do that, but I better make sure that I find it on iTunes. Anyway, you know, even though Bond girls can play as rough as the boys in action films, they are not sexy but gender neutral like many women in films. Examples to me include Laura Croft and Sarah Connor in the Terminator movies. 
Bond girls are feminine, sensual, and sexual. In fact, part of their attractiveness is their understanding of sex and its power. Bond never just takes a Bond girl. He has to earn it. Bond must be good enough for her, not vice versa. I am constantly amazed at how much people just don't know about sex. Happily married people, young people, old people. Bar none, my most requested seminars revolve around sensual secrets. That's often why I'll use the subtitle, Things You Wish Your Mother Had Taught You But Maybe She Herself Didn't Know. I myself love learning, exploring, and teaching about sex and sensuality. I'm depressed at how puritanical the typical American household remains. You know, from my experience, women are screaming inside for information about sex and sensuality. And tell you the truth, it's one of my missions in life to help them uncover it without any sort of judgment. Since it's part of my business, I make it my business to know about things that I perhaps might not do myself. I think it's important to remember that anything between two consenting adults is a-okay. Don't let society dampen your spirits. Don't do anything you don't want to do, but try something new each month that you might enjoy with someone that you trust. The worst thing that could happen is that you wind up dissolved in laughter. The best, it might really excite you both. So, since I have a lot to say on this subject, I think that I will close this podcast now. And in the next podcast, I'll discuss a few of the baseline issues that I cover in my classes. And maybe if I can find the adult tab, I might even do a podcast on advanced techniques. So there you go. Yeah, I know. I'm such a tease. You're going to have to wait for the next podcast, but I will try to get it out tomorrow, maybe. Nope. Tomorrow's my anniversary. Yes, it's true. So maybe I'll get it out end of this week and we'll get down with some tricks and techniques that I teach in my sensuality classes. Until that time, you be good, take care, and have a great day. Bye. Bond Girl is neither affiliated with nor endorsed by Eon Productions, Sony Pictures Entertainment, MGM Studios, or United Artists. This podcast is copyright 2008 by Double O Productions. All rights reserved. Fempowerment and Fempower are registered trademarks of Double O Productions. For more information, visit BeABondGirl.com. Our goal: to build a better world, one Bond Girl at a time.